Hi, and welcome to the Sexy Aging Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Monoknuku. This podcast covers conversations with experts, journalists, writers, entrepreneurs, doctors, and kick-ass humans making the most of their midlife. We talk about menopause a lot. My personal messed up menopause journey was the catalyst to this podcast, and so I hope I can help you navigate your way through midlife and menopause with more information and education than I had. Since launching the podcast, I've written a book, My Menopause Memoir, available on Amazon, an online course for menopause management to help you navigate your menopause journey, and a fitness and wellness app for the menopause woman. There are gym-based and home-based strength training sessions, short hit workouts, yoga for stress and sleep, as well as specific mobility, balance, agility, and core training sessions. You'll also receive a daily menopause management tip and be able to start a conversation with me, all in the app. You can find all of these tools at the Sexy Aging website. All the links are in the show notes, including discounts to the course, free sign up to the app, and discounts to products that I endorse. As I've been more and more exposed to the menopause conversation and the challenges accessing credible information and support for women, I started to ponder on the millions of women in countries that I used to live in and how were they faring with their menopausal health? Did they miss out on the menopause talk as well? What do South Asian, Hindi, Muslim, Indigenous women in other countries say about menopause? How do they feel at this life stage and how do their communities support them? This is just one of many interviews I hope to have this year to speak of menopause across differing countries, cultures and religions. In today's podcast, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Shashi Prasad, a UK-based doctor who also specialises in menopause care. Very excited today to introduce Dr. Shashi Prasad to the Sexy Aging Podcast. Now, I'm going to introduce um, Dr. Shashi very soon, but I want to let the audience know that there has been a bit of a journey for me in um, evolving the topic of conversation today. Um, So I'm just going to give a little bit of background around that. And um, I'm married to a Māori man in New Zealand, and the Māori are the Indigenous people of New Zealand. And I've had the opportunity to interview many, many experts in the field of longevity, health and menopause. Um, those topics are fascinating to me. And as a perimenopausal woman, of course, I want to know everything that I can about this unique topic of life and this stage of life. But then I look around me and I go, OK, so lots of women like me are able to tap into this information. We have you know, education and information to help us deal with our symptoms and lifestyle but I look at my sister-in-law and my my mother-in-law and I look at um, the Māori woman around me and I sort of feel like hang on a second how are they accessing their information on menopause and actually what is the conversation like how do people in different cultures um, converse about menopause and Dr Shashi I am so grateful that you have um, honored me with your presence today to come on the podcast and we're going to be talking and tapping into one of the very first cultural conversations I've had on menopause so thank you very much you're a GP and advanced menopause specialist based in the UK and a lifestyle medicine physician my first question for you tell us about yourself (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to shut down. It's your turn now. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for giving me this platform where I can talk about the very important topic of menopause. And then again, one of the, you know, one of the niche areas of menopause and ethnic minority women, how things are different. So as you know, I've been a GP for many years now, and I have worked in various parts of London. So I have worked in East London, which is mainly, uh, you know, South Asian, Southeast Asian population. In, in, and then I worked in areas which is mainly Afro-Caribbean population. And now currently I'm working in an area which is mainly Caucasian affluent. So I've worked in different parts of London and have had an like, experience of different cultures there. While working in my current job, that's when I realized, you know, women coming out seeking help for menopause and I realized there's such a big gap in the service. So even uh, the, you know, even in the in the service provision for, you know, like we are talking about ethnic minority, but even in areas which are affluent, which are Caucasian service in National Health Service, NHS is really, really lacking. And that's when I thought that wait a minute, I have to update myself, upskill myself, I cannot carry on working and providing a good service to these women with the current knowledge I have. And that's kind of pushed me or you can say encouraged me. It, it, it was a very gradual evolution for me. Okay, I need to learn this a bit more. And then one thing led to another and eventually I trained to become a menopause specialist. And even after becoming a menopause specialist, I have now noted a stark difference in the women who are coming out to seek help. Okay. Most of the women who come to seek help are Caucasian women, affluent women. So like, you know, like you said, you, you're thinking about, about the Maori population and, and the women there and think, who is helping them? And I'm thinking, you know, are Indian women not going through menopause? Are Afro-Caribbean women, you know, do they not have symptoms? So when I see the women who present with, you know, the quite symptomatic, struggling, so like what's happening with the rest of the women? And that's when, you know, kind of, again, that stimulated me, gave me the impetus that, oh, I need to do some work in this area. It's not that these women are not having symptoms, just the conversation is not there really. They are not coming forward to seek help. And then in that case, we have to reach out, spread the information uh, about menopause, about midlife health, wellness. It's not just about stopping your periods. There's a huge, you know, seismic change in a woman's body at the time of menopause transition, hormonal changes, biological changes, there's fertility changes, there's significant metabolic changes. So all the women, in spite of you know, whatever their culture, background, ethnic, ethnicity is, they need to know about these changes. They need to be aware and be prepared for it and know how to seek help. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's so much of what you've just said there that I need to unpack. So um, I've got quite a few questions. So um, yeah, here yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. Your ethnic so, background, do you want to share a little bit about that and your experience with understanding um, the story of reproduction as you grow up? Because I think we all, if we, we step back and we often speak about our puberty and the conversations mm -hmm. that we may or may not have had with our mothers and how mm -hmm. we learned about um, the reproductive cycle and periods and everything. Now we speak fairly freely about that. I mean, I have a 17-year-old and she'll mm -hmm. just tell us, yo, Period's coming. Watch out, guys. <laughs> that's how she talks. The whole, the, whole, the whole house knows about it. So, I mean, I think that's really cool and really. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's just, it's a thing that happens to a woman and it's nothing to be ashamed of. If anything, it's a superpower. 
But I think at the bookend of that, the menopause conversation really kind of got left out because I've obviously I'm a little bit Gen X angry about that. <laughs> not not the not knowing and, and then going into it with all the symptoms and going, what the heck's going on? So how about you and your ethnic background? Will you want to share a little bit about that as well? So I'm from Indian origin. I was born and brought up mainly in India. So I moved to UK only when I was 25. So most of my upbringing, my learning, education has been there. There's been no conversation at all about menopause. I've never heard anybody talk about menopause. I didn't even know what was menopause really. You know, earlier, so puberty, yes, there's still, you know, the talks are there, you know, the moms would sit down or or some female family members would sit down with their daughters and talk about periods. But again, you know, with the puberty, the hormonal change, the psychological changes which are associated, again, not very, you know, not much talking about really. No. So you just ride it through. Yes, they might change about another, you know, the major uh, hormonal event in the woman's life is the pregnancy. Yes, there's a lot of conversation about that. Pregnancy is a big thing in Indian culture you know it's, it's, it's in many many parts of India it's considered as a woman's identity you know to be able to get pregnant have children and that's it really after that the conversation fizzles out yeah who, thought, who cares about you know menopause who cares you're not having periods anymore unless you know, once you've had the children you know it's fine so this one big problem is that even in women who have had the children and they grew you know about early menopause and premature menopause yeah. when you go through menopause when they're less than 40 more you know the incidence is more common in uh, Indian women and once they have had the children they're least bothered that they've gone through the menopause really even if they're less than 40 but it has such a huge health implications the awareness yes. is not there mm. so if I if I remember any family gathering women sitting down talking no menopause conversation even with friends no menopause conversation I was a GP trainee so working you know training to become a GP so doctor when my mother went through menopause I didn't realize what was going on and I was like you know she would burst out crying and you know she would be hot all the time very there was significant emotional dysregulation my mom went through and I was like what's wrong with her you know what's wrong with you mom you know I've not done anything why are you crying so yeah. just, even though you know and, and and that's you know even though I was a doctor as a GP trainee I was not realizing that it is because of such emotional you know the, the emotional dysregulation is because of the hormones now I look back and say like oh gosh you know I wish I could have done more I wish I could have helped her but you know that that's the same story in in um, in the Asian women Southeast Asian women Indian women very very common whether it's Indian Pakistani Bangladeshi very common situation really yeah what I'm really curious uh, to know is as a GP uh, as a menopause specialist and you're seeing like you've mentioned a lot of Caucasian women will come to you they're probably aware that they're going through perimenopause they come to you with maybe a list of symptoms I think this is one of the recommendations for women mm -hmm. to approach you know their GP or menopause specialist about their symptoms and say can you can you tick the list for me and and say yes you're in perimenopause and here's the things that you can do to help with your menopause management so I think we accept that that is that's starting to happen and ramp up and I think this has been around four or five years now I can see that that you know that 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 is happening do you get many South Asian or Asian or any other races come to you around their menopause symptoms and they kind of and they're coming to you and they're going I know this is perimenopause can you confirm it is that happening to you now 
I knew you're going to ask me that. So I've been thinking. <laughs> I don't have a data, so I, you know, like, so I was thinking, how many of my patients are actually, you know, ethnic minority or Southeast Asian, South Asian women? I'll probably give a, a you know, pull out a number for about five percent, really. I won't think of, there any. Out of, what's the percentage on that? Like roundabout. So like, like a, yeah, so five percent. So out of hundred women, probably, oh. if I'm lucky, I would have five, you know, what? South Asian women, really. Yeah. Wow. And if, yeah. So and why, do you, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because the conversation's not being had, or is it because they're not having menopause symptoms? That's that, that's the thing I want to know. Yeah. If you're struggling with your menopause symptoms, weight gain, fatigue, joint pain, mood swings, and you're trying to figure out what you need to do to get your mojo back, I've got two professionally endorsed resources that can help you. The Sexy Aging Menopause Management course is an online resource that breaks down all the information on menopause, what it is, what's happening to your body, and how to manage the symptoms through lifestyle hacks. Evidence-based information on movement, nutrition, stress reduction, the importance of sleep, rest, and recovery, as well as community and joy. Podcast listeners can access the discount to the course in the show notes. And my Sexy Aging Fitness and Lifestyle app that provides fitness and wellness programming specific to women in the menopause life stage. All the things. Workouts at the gym, workouts at home, short hit workouts, yoga for stress and sleep, specialized mobility, balance, agility and core workouts, plus nutrition and menopause management tips. There is a free one week trial and the link is in the show notes. I've done all the work for you, so your job is to tap into these tools, put the guidance into practice, and feel the difference. No? You know, they can't not be having menopause symptoms. <laughs> Every woman is going through menopause, really. Yes, you know, 70% of the women will probably have bearable symptoms. So symptoms is something which is manageable with lifestyle. And only about 20 to 30% when the symptoms are really, really bad and, and that they, they need to go and see, uh, speak to the doctor. So I've been trying to understand this, explore this. So I've been trying to speak to friends and family. Like, what is it? You know, what stops you from uh, seeking the doctor, uh, seeking help from the doctor? So few things have come up, which I think one is that the general knowledge about menopause and HRT is significantly missing. So they don't, don't know. Often, you know, they would they would go through it like, oh, what's happening? And it would be just accepted and, you know, gone through in their stride unless they are really, really poorly. So you, they would just go through it like it's a natural process, this cultural belief that menopause is a natural process if they know what it is really. So for them, it's basically, you know, period stopping, you can't have children, maybe hot flushes. So the knowledge about other symptoms, you know, the anxiety, psychological symptoms, insomnia, it's not there. So women think that there's something wrong for them. They might go and see the doctor for being upset or depressed or anxious. So if the doctor is not able to tease out that these symptoms are actually because of menopause, there is no menopause conversation there. Yeah. So the women don't realize that these symptoms are not because you know are because of hormones and not psychological. So they might go and see the doctor, but they would go as present as an anxiety. They would be present as depression if they are symptomatic. But otherwise, they would think, okay, if it's menopause, it's a natural process. You know what's the big deal about it every woman goes through it really so there's significant uh, uh, lack in knowledge about understanding the symptoms 
there's significant lack of knowledge how your body changes the hormonal changes the biological changes the metabolic changes you know the metabolic syndrome is very common in yes. south asian uh, population very high risk of diabetes metabolic syndrome insulin resistance cholesterol blood pressure and this risk significantly increases with menopause transition women are not aware of this really yeah becomes, you know, then they are not coming out to seek help they are not looking uh, you know looking out uh, looking after themselves so they are not approaching menopause with the knowledge that this is menopause this is what's happening to this going this is what may happen i need to start looking after myself then there is a significant lack in resources obviously a lot of south asian women actually uh, speak and read english but there's there's no no resources there all the resources that's available you know in you obviously it's in english even if i have tried to look for resources in hindi language or some indian languages there is not there maybe you'll come across two or three very generic generic articles so the, so you know the, the women are not able to identify with that information there there's no motivation or or maybe they are not able to understand the language so again you know they, they they're unprepared like you mentioned okay women come with a list fantastic absolutely lovely but is there a list in any other language yeah true and there isn't really there isn't yeah 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 so i, think um, there's I another... actually i actually yeah. have seen yeah. on an app um that you're probably familiar with the balance app that Dr. Yeah. Louise Newsom. So they've actually just translated the quite a, a few of their resources. Quite a into, lot of them, yes. Yeah, different re- uh, into languages. I think I saw Mandarin, Hindi, Spanish. Um, those were the three key ones that I saw, which is fantastic, mm. right? Because I think it's this good. is this is the conversation we're having. Is like because of you know cultural inequity around this particular topic has caused the issue of trying to play catch up around you know how much do we know about menopause? Super interesting exactly exactly mm. so we really need to have that uh, information out there in various languages conversations in various languages representations you know like this podcast you are arranging which is a fantastic thing that this you know like you mentioned a lot of women don't identify with menopause because the most of the conversations which is happening is among caucasian women the leaders in the conversation are caucasian the participants are caucasian so the other ethnic minority women are not able to identify with it and may think as a white woman's privilege really like you were mentioning that word yeah um, yeah yeah um so with women that are coming to you for well those that five percent <laughs> you'll remember them because you know that it's it's like a rare occasion yes. right so what what kind of symptoms are they presenting i'm curious because i i i do think i've read a little bit of st- i've actually started studying around the differences in menopause for African-American, for Asian and South Asian women. And we are presenting with different symptoms. Um, Mm -hmm. So what are the ones that have been the top of the list for your clients? I think top of the list across the board, one of the common ones is uh, the emotional Uh, yeah you know what every single doctor every doctor i've interviewed that's a menopause specialist has said number one is is anxiety 
exactly anxiety depression irritability loss of motivation loss of confidence very common presentation and i have noted that across the board really so women when when they would come they can say yeah yeah, they are women who would come with the hot flushes and night sweats for example you know women with afro uh, from afro-caribbean origin they have very terrible they might have much more severe vasomotor symptoms uh, flushes and sweats and mental health issues again is a big one for them often they can have quite a lot of anxiety clinical depression so if again, again a, pop, a population which are very underrepresented and again there's lots of work going on fantastic people getting involved in this space but still women are very reluctant to talk about it and come out and seek help but these common ones South Asian women again you know um, mental health issues anxiety insomnia is again a big one mm. so they would uh, lack of sleep it's have a huge impact on a woman's life they say I see I can put up with the hot flushes and night sweats I cannot find function without sleeping and I don't know what's happening to me why I'm so uh, anxious and depressed yeah would they even contemplate mentioning libido or vaginal dryness would they even speak of that because I mean this is this is a quite a recent conversation that's even come up for me Mm. um Mm. only in the last sort of six months of interviews is that we're actually starting to talk about that as one of the top symptoms as well um, vaginal dryness, li- loss in libido. Um, yeah, would that even be something that they would be comfortable speaking of? Or there is a significant, you know, you can say taboo or hesitation to talk about the sexual health of the vaginas and and vaginal dryness, bladder symptoms. So it's very very important for clinicians actually to ask this question. Women will talk about it if you, you know, if you ask them with hesitation. But if you're not going to ask them, I don't think the conversation will come up. And women talking to each other about these things, I think, is probably non-existent. Yeah, that's such a shame, don't you think? And I think that's why. You and I are obviously quite passionate about having this conversation. Absolutely. You know, you know just to, to help women, I just, I still get a little bit like, <laughs> when I realize <laughs> that no one is talking about this or, you know, we are talking about it now. That's why we're here. And um, yeah, I just super appreciate your perspective on, you know, the, the, the cultural group that, you know, that you represent South Asia. Um, I can tell you from, living in Asia for 20 years. I lived in Malaysia, so there are three key um, cultures there. It's um, Malay, Muslim Malay, um, Chinese, and Indian. Um, mm-hmm. So Hindi, Hindi, Indian. And so there are three cultures and nobody, and I have lots of friends in, across all those cultures, mm-hmm. nobody spoke to me about menopause, no one. So it's, uh, it's gonna be challenging. And I think, We've got a few steps to get ahead to try and open up that conversation and really help women identify that it is a natural stage of life. There is lots of things you can do to support yourself. But the most important thing I think now from all the conversations that I'm having with everyone is to see it as a moment of reflection to really consider what the rest of your health is going to look like in the future. Um, because, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, average age of menopause can be from 45 to 55 so some women go earlier so even in the early 40s and now you know the life expectancy is increasing 
so you know average age of life ex expectancy for women is is in the 80s really so you're literally spending one third of your life 30 years plus of your life post menopause yes a very different experience a very different hormonal and health environment compared to your premenopausal status so women need to be aware of it they really need to look after themselves women in you know like late 40s early 50s they are at the peak of their careers i think that is another reason why this conversation is taking so much of um, traction is because of a menopause in workplace and also in indian women i've noted this is one space where women are beginning to Talk, uh, talk about it. So they are working, they are in the top of their careers. They are noticing that the menopausal symptoms is affecting their life, their performance, and they want to get help. And they are talking more about it, which is fantastic. The conversation needs to start somewhere, really. But even these women, I noticed the, the acceptance for HRT for treatment is very low. They first want to do lifestyle. They want yeah. nutrition, exercise, very open to it. You know, you tell me, Shashi, what can I do to look after myself? And I'll tell them. And if they're very symptomatic, but you know, I think you probably should consider that. No, 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 no. Oh. You, that's, that's, that, that thing is still there, really. But yeah. I think it's, it's all about uh, creating a conversation talking about safety of HRT, we have got so good products now. It's so, so, so safe. And, and if you have a conversation with a good specialist, get the right products. It's very safe, really. And yeah. it make a huge impact on the woman's life, work life, family life, their own physical health, their sexual health. Yeah. Everything, all the things. Yeah, everything, really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, look, I really appreciate this conversation and it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'm looking forward to speaking to other cultural experts that can give me a, a bit more of a perspective across, you know, the different uh, cultures and countries. Um, so thank you for being the first out of the gate, Dr. Prasad. Much appreciated you. Thank you, Tracy. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to come on this podcast with you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for tuning into this episode and thanks to my guest for the inspo. If you're enjoying this content, then consider following, rating and reviewing so that more people can find the sexy aging life. Peace out.